welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Lakani. My co-host is... Nabil Alani. Hell yeah. And on today's episode, we're back home because of the American variant. Even though, <laughs> fortunately, none of us is sick. And we want to keep it that way. That's why we're back on Zoom, baby. Um, how you doing, my friend? It's been a while since I've seen your face, like moving through the screen you know i've actually seen you recently yeah 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 we uh, hung out this weekend at uh slow pour uh, brewing it was a fantastic secret santa event um, again once again yep and yeah well you know i that night ended kind of in a wild capacity for me i'm sure you recall the pictures that yep. you know we didn't yep. talk about that but uh the <laughs> night did end it always there's always something epic that happens and it happened this past Friday, just right at the very end of the night this time. I wouldn't call it epic. I would call it eventful maybe, or maybe just bad luck. Something. Well, it it was eventful. Fortunately, it was not, it was not bad luck. It was actually good luck. Thank God. But, uh, (laughs) you know, we'll see what's going on. And, uh, so yeah, that was that. And now we're here and now you've got a beer in your hand that looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. This is something I just found in my, um, found in my little beer cooler i mean i thought i already drank this but i didn't so it's actually a little aged which i feel really bad about but uh it's just something i had and i'm like oh might as well have it at this point um it's from celestial uh, i was given okay. to me by another um mm-hmm. it is uh called multiple discovery which is yeah. semi-fitting because we discovered multiple things last night in the bears game um and uh, you know it's an imperial stout with toasted coconut and vanilla beans. Nice, that sounds awesome, actually. And you got the Celestial Beer Works glass too to go with it. Yeah, yeah. You figured I'd make it all fit, right? Just very um, on brand with that right there. And yeah. he's going to take pictures of that at Bears, Birds, and Brews. So you can see it on the Instagram account, the Twitter account, the Facebook account. And um, um, it is very on point. You know, it is very coconutty. Um, I get a little almondy too. I don't know if that's in here. I don't see almonds, but you get a little almond in it. And it's a, the vanilla is vanilla's a little faint, but it's good. I mean, I really like it. No one you gentleman sitting at a gentleman's 10%. So, you know, there you go. Um, now, what you drinking? Cool. The vanilla. Uh, I'm drinking actually, this is a fourth down dry hopped India pale lager. And this is actually like, the name of this beer is actually very traumatic for both of us, given what happened over the weekend. But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to drink my sorrows away. Literally, my drinking my fourth down sorrows away. And this is from Firemaker Brewing Company in Atlanta. Um, we had them on when we talked to Bobby Jones and we talked to the fine people at Bobby Jones Golf Course. Shout out to Ian and the crew of Firemaker Brewing Company. This was given to me as a gift from Ursulan. He gave me a parting six pack because I am moving soon. And, um, yeah, I think, I don't know if we've had this beer, but I know when we both found out about it, we, we did have that. Did I think we, we had did have that. Yeah. Okay. I know we had a specialty thing from them. And I thought that when they told us about this beer, it was just in production and it hadn't come oh, out yet. Actually, you might be right. I think cause yeah, you might be right. Cause it was, I think we, when we went there, it was before the season started. So right. It was, um, yep. I think you're absolutely right technically not available then and so when we <coughs> when we heard about it we we're like oh man it's a football themed beer obviously we got to get that on the show 
and uh, we eventually got it done. I think we've had like similar like India pale lagers and like different mm-hmm. variations on lagers and pilsners and stuff. But this one, like I said, we've been trying to have for a while. Finally got our hands on it, and uh, it's good. I mean, you know, you can't really see much here, but it looks more like a amber ale, like a, a deep ruby brown golden sort of color. Thing. Yeah, versus well, I would say more of like a brownish color, like a Michelob or like a like an amber. I can't ale. even see it anymore. There you go. Well, it's like you. It's like that Spider-Man movie. There's like magic happening. No spoilers, but you know. Um, and uh, anyway, so that but versus like your traditional golden, juicy, clear uh, IPA lager, Pilsner type of like you know. So it's an India Pale Lager. So it's hopped and brewed a little bit differently. And it's it's pretty good, though. I get, like, the IPA bitterness, the hoppiness. But then I also get, like, that dry, crisp finish of a lager. So it is, you know, when you talk about a successful four-down drive, or if you're in four-play territory, hopefully you got a little bit of a pass and run. You know, you got to have a nice balance between being aggressive, playing tempo versus um, taking it easy and not rushing it you know, and, and so this beer kind of encapsulates four downs, your ideal four downs, if you will, you know. Mm. Um, Interesting. Interesting. This, yeah, there you go. And, you know, Kobe Bryant, the great Kobe Bryant RIP, he did say, like, sports is the best analogy for life. And, I mean, as Nabil, as sports fans, you and I know, like, if I'm ever trying to get my point across, the best way for me to explain it is with the sports analogy, at least when I get them right, which is not, you know, I sometimes I do like the Nick Young analogy take where I'm like I think I got it and we I do this right I prove up. my point and then it doesn't actually happen because you're standing there for the rebound being like yeah no that was not a great idea um then you're doing the outlet pass like QB4 Alonzo Ball did to DeMar DeRozan yesterday if you saw that highlight um, um you're going pretty deep cuts right over here I think I was too busy watching the Bears game that I was too sad to watch TV afterwards yeah, deep cuts. Well, deep cuts. We'll get there. I'm. I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that open wound mellow for a little bit because I have, I have another open wound I want to talk about, man. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that, that got dark right over here. All right, well, let, let me get ominous too. Okay. All right. What's going he's on? He's got it. All right, he's got it. He's got it. So I was gonna say my my deep wound is actually the lack of successful fourth down and goal line um, conversions for the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. Well, Sunday. day before yesterday. Yeah, on Sunday. And, um, we, you know, technically we got some football games tonight, so it does feel like a Monday night. Yeah, we night. do. We, we yeah. got a duble buble. Tuesday evening football, two double headers at the same exact time on the same exact channel. I don't understand I don't think it's a double works. header. It's just, it's just, uh, just uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a multiverse. It's a multiverse of football, you know. <laughs> That was very, um, you know, my, my, my senses are tingling with that one, you know? Yeah, uh, um, the Peter tingle. The, <laughs> yeah, well, if you got one of those, you should get it checked out by a doctor, just like just like the actual. Uh, like strange? You get it yeah. by a strange doctor? All right. Right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I will say, you know, um, yeah, man, the Falcons – Okay, so we'll just we'll just get right to it. They got they got stomped, dude. Thirty-one thirteen in San mm-hmm. Francisco at four p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. the The beginning of the game was it was like it was kind of set up for the Falcons to win, honestly, because they get the fumble recovery early. They start the game 
at the 49ers goal line, literally, and cannot convert a touchdown on four plays. They go for it um, all four times, don't even get one touchdown out of it. And uh, hence the fourth down, you know, being appropriate for this week. But um, yeah, and then you, as Falcons fans, it's something you've seen literally for the last couple of seasons is just like red zone inefficiency, failure to, to convert in the red zone, not taking advantage of golden opportunities. And then when the defense is out there on the field, like not really getting a ton of stops, you know, like just like you get to stop every third possession, which is not really going to cut it in the NFL when you're not getting stops and you're giving up touchdowns, which is essentially what happened. And Nabil, you and I talked about the game last week, obviously, and the line was like nine and a half in favor of San Francisco. And we both thought that it would probably be a little bit closer to than that. And mm-hmm. it ended up being the complete opposite of that, actually. It just became like a domination of all sorts of proportions. The Falcons literally scored one touchdown in the entire game, which was a great catch by Russell Gage. Well, it did start in fantasy on Sunday, so good call by go. Nab. Yeah, 91 yards, nine receptions for 91 yards. Did you start him in our league? Yep. Yeah, and so you subconsciously maybe took my advice. Of like, if you're playing an opponent and their favorite team has some – you have somebody on their favorite team, you should start them because you know it's going to go well for the most part. Anyway, Wait, Russell what? Gage had a great – I don't know. Anyway. I don't know what advice that was. You had to go back like three episodes. And, and figure that one out but I don't think um, I subconsciously did that but all right keep going I can't I can't cast the spell to bring it in here we're already recording you're gonna mess up the spell if I have to go back and do that you know but um yeah Russell Gage nine receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown number one play on sports center top 10 Monday afternoon and that was pretty much it I mean Kyle Pitts had a good game but dude the Falcons just like they had, again, they had multiple goal line stances, could not get the job done. They scored one touchdown. They scored a touchdown right before halftime. That was a Russell Gage catch. They go on like a, what, it was like a five-play, 61-yard drive or something like that, five minutes, 43 seconds off the clock, only to give the ball back to San Francisco before halftime and have San Francisco score a touchdown before the half is over for like a nine-play, 91-yard drive in like two or three minutes. Like, it was just, I mean, it, the things that we've seen be the Falcons' problems all year have not really fixed themselves. The defense is still shady at best, even though, believe it or not, they just gave up their second 100-yard rushing. Uh, they just had a 100-yard rusher on the opposing team for, like, the first time since 2019, actually. So, like, we can talk all day about how the defense is bad, um it's really they've been getting killed through the air by so many quarterbacks you know and even just this season alone uh the eagles and the red and washington football team both just beat atlanta through the air and so jimmy grappolo had a 90 passer rating he's kind of up there with steve young and and like franchise history as quarterbacks of uh most consecutive games with 90 or plus passer rating really yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, I mean, it's like I looked this stuff up earlier. So Jimmy Garoppolo has a 90-plus pass rating in eight straight games. Only Hall of Famer Steve Young, who had 15 straight, has a longer streak among San Francisco QB since oh. 1950. Oh, you mean a streak. I thought you meant, like, games played. Mm. 
No, it's a it's a streak of a uh, ninety plus. Dude, you made it sound like it was like games played. I'm like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's played that many games like Steve Young. But okay, that, no, that no. makes sense. Yeah, ninety plus passer rating, and of course, In Jimmy Garoppolo. A streak. <laughs> yeah, a streak. And, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo has done it eight times, which is impressive. Then you look at Steve Young, who's done it, like, 15 times. Which is and that's almost like, season. Yeah. And at that point, it probably was a full season. I, you got to think so, right? I mean, because – anyway, so then, uh, yeah, I mean, Cordell Patterson had another good game. He did get a rushing touchdown. So the Falcons weren't all bad. But they had some bad fourth down calls there. Like, they, they threw – um, the pitch to Cordell Patterson on a fourth and one. Why not just give it to Mike Davis? But I know that's something that we've talked about. It's like, why doesn't Mike Davis get the opportunity to do pure running back stuff? Um, Matt Ryan was on the ground all day. The offensive line could not help him. However, when he did have a chance to help himself, he, you know, it, it just, it wasn't good. And he's probably rattled because he can't even play comfortably anymore because he's just got to assume he's getting hit, you know? All the time. I will say, like, seeing that while watching that game, you know, because there was a there weren't that many games this week at the one o'clock slot at the four o'clock slate because of all these reschedules. So I was watching the Falcons game. I will say, watching that game, you know, I did notice that one one positive thing I did notice was that Matt Ryan is getting a good rapport with Russell Gage, who we did refer, reference earlier. Um, and mm-hmm. like you know, as I was saying before, that you know, Kyle Pitts was supposed to be a safety net. But I'm starting to think Russell Gage might be a safety net right now. That Kyle Pitts connection, well, well you know, it's looking good, but it may not get better till next year. So, but that report, Russell Gage, he may be looking as your wide receiver one next year, unless you're going to be drafting a wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, well, or you don't have to draft them in the first round. You know, let's be honest, they got way more issues to work on. Than right, that. right. Well, well, if you draft a receiver in the second round, he won't be your wide receiver one. So it'll still be Russell Gage being your wide receiver one, which is what I was alluding to. Got you. Okay, so then that's fair. But I mean, anything, anything could happen. I think in terms of when you're when you're drafting talent, and at that point, that's something you're going to have to live with if you're the Falcons, because let's be honest, you need to figure out what you're going to do about Jalen Mayfield. You probably have to draft another offensive lineman there. Probably got to draft like two more offensive linemen, honestly, because none of them are really doing great. You know, I mean, you might have a good one in Jake Matthews still, but like one guy can't do it all. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, Steven Means, Deion Jones, these guys on the defense, Dante Fowler. I mean, you're not getting what you want out of them either in a lot of cases, right? Like the best thing on the Falcons defense right now is AJ Terrell. So AJ Terrell. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, Cordell Patterson, Russell Gage, Kyle Pitts. That's not enough to win games. You have the pieces. You have the pieces. But those six guys aren't enough to win games. Those guys aren't even enough to win on one side of the ball, let alone a whole Mm -hmm. team effort. So the Falcons have a lot of issues that they need to fix. They haven't been the team with a running record since I've been born, is what it feels like. I mean, it's like, honestly, Um, they're not doing good. And uh, I'll let you – yeah, go for it. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, normally, you know, when a, when a team like the Falcons are in a situation like this, it's always good when uh, Detroit comes to town. Right, right. Yeah, we can but get there, even, yeah. But even, but, you know, I mean, we can, uh, unless you had something else to say about, you know, this previous week's game. Just I, the only thing I have to say is, like, again, I'll just reiterate, this team has not gotten better. They've gotten better throughout the season. Russell Gage, Kyle Pitts coming out. They've gotten better throughout the season, 
but they're still way far behind the true top competition in the NFL. Again, that was essentially a de facto playoff game to build. The winner of that game was the wild card in the NFC. The, the 49ers earned that spot, at least as of this weekend for right now. They earned it. So Falcons not looking good. Now you fast forward to this Sunday. You got the Detroit Lions in town who now Which, won two games in a row, three games in a row. Um, I, I, is it or maybe two games one? in a row? This they, one, they're winning one game in a row. <laughs> but, there you go. Uh, but they did beat, you know, what was at one point the top NFC team in the Arizona Cardinals. And now, you know, you're getting what is normally a get-right game for any team when you're playing Detroit Lions. You're getting a somewhat hot Lions team going against a Falcons team that's on the, you know, the downslope. It would be an interesting matchup just because, you know, not only are you looking at, you know, uh, two teams that aren't very good. You're also seeing two rookie quarter, uh, two rookie um, coaches. You know, one coach who was highly touted and wanted by multiple teams, and another coach who was basically an afterthought. And right now, it's going to be you know seeing which coach is going to outduel each other. Right. Well, and we kind of talked about that in last week's game. Now, obviously, Kyle Shanahan which I don't think we acknowledged last week, but Kyle Shanahan had the upper hand as a head coach because it's not his first season as a head coach of a team, whereas for Arthur Smith it is, right? So just like in general prep, especially making a West Coast trip uh, or an East Coast trip if you're San Francisco, like the 49ers had the upper hand in, in head coaching because they didn't have a new head coach. And we thought that that would be more of an offensive game, Nabil, like you said. We did see some good deep balls between for Atlanta but I also thought there was going to be a lot of defense in that game. And only one team showed up to play defense effectively. And that was the 49ers. Now you go again to this week, Detroit, they, they got a defensive minded head coach. That's who they hired. And he's an offensive. Is he offensive minded head coach? Tight end coach, I believe. Was he? Okay. That might be Pretty right. Sure Dan. Yeah. Dan Campbell. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. For, for some reason, I thought he was like the state's defensive coordinator, but he's probably I, the offensive guy. No, he was a tight end coach. I mean, I'll confirm. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I got it right okay. here. But so, okay, so they got two offensive-minded head coaches going after in this game. And, you know, anytime a guy says we're going to bite off some kneecaps, I just assume he's talking about defense, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, forgive yeah. me. Forgive me for my contextual mistake over there. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Lions, look, they beat the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona has its own struggles right now. And they're still a good team. They'll probably still make the playoffs at this point. But the Lions are getting confident. And a lot of teams, a lot of players tend to have their best games against the Falcons. Like it's an Atlanta thing. Like, oh, breakout game of the year. Let's do it against Atlanta. Like the one guy who had 100 rushing yards for San Francisco on Sunday, apparently been with San Francisco for like six or seven years, had the best game of his career on Sunday against our Like my Elijah Mitchell? Something like that, yeah. And um, so, like, you know, it, it set up well for the Falcons to uh, lose this game at home. They haven't won. They haven't been good at home this season by any means. And um, so now you got to look at how can we how can we figure out or it might be Jeff Wilson was, Jr. I think it, it was, was Jeff Wilson Jr. And yeah, he's been yeah. on it for four years and he just had the best game of his career with San Francisco, you know, I mean, against Atlanta this weekend. So, like, 
what I mean, what does that do for Atlanta? I think right now the Lions are the third seed, according to this thing I'm looking at in terms of – or they're the second for the NFL draft. In yes, terms of yes. Second I was worst like, where are you going with this? Yeah, yeah. Second, second worst team in the NFL. Technically, the Falcons can't lose this game. The Bill, y'all played the Lions a couple weeks ago. What are we talking about? If you lose this game, you're going to be the laughing stock of the NFL. The Arizona well, Cardinals were afraid to admit that they lost the game over the yeah. weekend. Right. Barstool big kids when they got it. <laughs> yeah. So so now we're looking at the Falcons being like, man, are the Falcons going to do something similar? Who knows? What's up? Oh, no. I was just saying, yeah, like, you know, uh, Barstool big kid got them to finally, you know, tweet the final score. And, yeah, I mean, the Lions are on a little bit of a streak. I mean, they, they've they had really good play from uh, Artist St. Brown. I think that's the guy's name, Austin St. Brown. I think it's, you know, yeah, almost St. Brown. But the receiver, the wide receiver. The receiver, yeah, yeah St. Receiver, Brown. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been doing well for, for them for the past few games. You know, they may be getting DeAndre Swift back. You know, you have to realize they they won this game without, without DeAndre Swift. Um, they right. may have Jamal Williams back, who also didn't play last week. So that's – Two running backs, two two running backs that are better than the running back that they had coming back to play. And what did we just talk about? Falcons are having a hard time stopping the run. Well, good luck stopping DeAndre Swift. Good luck stop, stopping Jamal Williams. Right. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you still are playing Jared Goff. And Jared Goff is Jared Goff. And, you know, he'll, he'll make plays, but he'll also make a lot of mistakes. So that's where you could, you know, look at the ultimate equalizer and see what happens between the Falcons and the Lions. But I will say, you know, if you do get a DeAndre Swift back, if Jamal Williams does play, it does, you know, pose for the Lions to potentially win this game. Right. Well, and so I'm happy you said that in the book because a couple of things I want to tag off that, then we can move to the next thing. But essentially, and one thing that you said earlier when we were doing the pre-planning for this show, DeAndre Swift homecoming, you got to think he's he's trying to have a big game, especially if it's his first game back from injury. And now he's back in Georgia at Mercedes Benz Stadium where he's played before. You know, you got to think he's going to come ready. One, two, the Lions have won two games this year. We talked about that. But the two wins that they have are actually against quality opponents. Right. I mean, the Vikings are doing pretty good right now. We talk about that in a minute. We're unfortunately we'll have to. And then the Arizona Cardinals, who we talked about, are a pretty good team. And the one tie that the Lions have is against Pittsburgh, who's also not a bad team at all, right? Yeah. And well, so they're, like, they're not a good team, but you know they may sneak their way into the playoffs. Yeah, right. And you're talking about Pittsburgh, but it, as far as Detroit goes, is they can be competitive with good teams, and they've even beat some good teams. Um, mm. Literally, they have. So it's also a matter of like, this is a team that you know, while the Falcons look like a mess just on all sides of the ball, it seems like the Lions are finally like we talked about, figuring out a groove, figuring out what's going to work. And they're in a new system just like we are, right? However, the one advantage, and I don't think anybody would ever say that Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. At least I'd hope not. I'm not going to say it. But I will say Jared Goff did play the Falcons when he was with the Rams a couple years ago. Now, it's a different team, different head coach and stuff like that. But some sometimes the same issues are still apparent there, right? Like they had Todd Gurley beat Vic Beasley on the touchdown out the flat. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams can both catch the ball in that position, and that's given the Falcons trouble, is like how they stop the pass, you know? Uh, and Jerry Goff has beaten this franchise before in recent memory. Matt Schaub is the one who played that game. So Jerry Goff and Matt Ryan didn't get to play each other in that game. But, 
it, it'll be interesting. I don't think that Jared Goff has forgotten that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So he's going to come in too with a, a couple of his notes probably on like what at least Grady Jarrett likes to do when he's in this position, you know? And um, he used to play with Dante Fowler. I could be wrong, but he used to play with Dante Fowler, did he not? On the Rams, yes. On the Rams. So like he's got a little bit of intel there to go to his coaches and be like, hey, all right, if you see this, this is what we should do. When I call this for this protection, that means that that's what they're trying to do up here. And, I mean, good quarterback play is what wins you games in the NFL, right? And so we'll see what happens. This should be a good game. We'll get to the predictions on that. Um, but speaking of quarterback play, uh, Nabil, where do you want to start? Because fourth down was an issue for the Bears yesterday, too. That game yeah. actually did happen yesterday. So where do you want to start? <laughs> um you know, like, there's just a lot of issues in Chicago. I mean, this morning, I honestly thought I was going to wake up to seeing Matt Nagy being fired. Um, you know, the one thing that we saw that that's going on with the Bears against the Vikings, if you watch the Bears-Vikings game, is Bears have no discipline. I mean, offensively, defensively, I mean, it's just they're just out there for 60 minutes trying to, I don't know, grab a football or something. I don't know what they're trying to do. Half the time, they're just – they're half the time they're committing penalties. Um, I was gonna say half the time it is hitting them in the hands, but they're not catching it either. That's well, that know. too, that as well. I mean, uh, you know, I'm gonna start off by saying this. I mean, the one penalty I did like yesterday was the one by Tevin Jenkins that apparently Jermaine and Fetty didn't like for some reason. But when he kind of you know got into the face of the Vikings players when they kind of gave uh, Justin Fields a late shove. And then he went over there to four different Vikings and it's like, hey, get in their face. Like, you guys aren't going to do that. That's that's what I need more players in the Bears to start doing. And I think that was the first time I've seen a Chicago Bear on offense do that for Justin Fields. And he's been beat up the entire year. So, yeah. you know, Tevin Jenkins doing that, kind of setting the tone going forward. You know, hopefully he'll set the tone in the locker room going forward where everyone else is on the same page that way. You know, that, that's kind of something that we need to see more of. In terms of the actual game, I mean, you know, the game final scores with 17 to 10, 17 to 9. They didn't kick the extra point. So mm -hmm. 17 to 9. I mean, on a late flukish touchdown that Justin Fields threw as a Hail Mary, you know, it was just all around bad game on the offense. Defense is looking okay. I mean, Robert Quinn, he's, he's potentially going to beat, um, he's potentially going to beat the all, like, you know, single season. Um, sack leader for the Chicago Bears which is going to be which would be amazing you know that's uh you know being Richard Dent's record so that's that's really cool especially you know going to the season thinking that Robert Quinn was a player that would be kind of a waste of space based off of last year but this year turning it around and already having 16 sacks so you know that's going really well um a couple of the positives that we saw you know Thomas Grant like the entire Bears secondary starting secondary was out and we were looking at uh, Thomas Graham you know rookie corner who's been on the practice squad all year. And he actually, you know, he kept the, he kept the big plays out. He had a couple of pass breakups. He had a dropped interception, you know, first game, you know, what can, what more can he ask for? You know, he, he played really well. Um, well, you know, and he, I think statistically he had like one of the better debuts in Monday night football history, actually. Yeah. Like he had, yeah. a, he had like not just a good game. He had a really yeah. good game. Yeah, and, and, and Asif can attest to this. I mean, you know, he literally made it look like Adam Thielen wasn't playing the game. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and, and I don't even like, – I swear Adam Thielen didn't have, like, a target in this game. It was ridiculous. 
Like, well, it's like, I, again, the spell that I cast with the multiverse just kind of, you know, little, things got a little messed up, man. What can I say? Doesn't always, um, you know, it doesn't always work, work the way you want it to. Well, for those without the context, um, only a few probably got the context. Asif started Adam Thielen in a playoff fantasy football game yesterday. So, so yeah, uh, kudos to Asif for that. Hey, okay, you know what's crazy? He's not the only player on my fantasy lineup that got me zero points this week. Yeah, but the other one's a kicker. It's fine. Well, yeah, but, well, I, I was going to say, the, the kicker who got me zero points is Tom Brady's kicker. That's, that's rare. Yeah, well, we haven't the, seen well, Tom well, Brady be shut out in forever. Yeah, well, the bigger kicker is that you had two wide receivers on your bench that scored 20-plus points. Yeah, well, that too. And I'm still in the lead by, like, five points. I'm hanging on for yeah. dear life. I think it's, like, seven. I'm hanging on for, like, dear guy. Not five. Also, did you know – did you know I, – I mean, I, they gave Osborne a catch late in the game yesterday. Should should have put my lead up to, like, seven or something. I should have a little bit more points. But there was also a penalty on that play. So they gave him the penalty but not the catch, which is fair – but it's also just like, why? Why are we doing that? Why? Why is that happening? You know, I could have used. What that do you mean? Catch. If, if well, if the penalty was for like ten yards and the catch was for seven, they're going to take the penalty. I don't think it was though. I think it was like a five-yard penalty. That's what that like. Well, because the well, catch that Osborne got even, was like a even first if, down. Even if it was a even if it was a five-yard, even if it was a five-yard penalty, if it resulted in a first down, they would rather take that than a seven-yard non-first down. No, but the catch was a first down, though. That's why I was like, what is going on here? Like, I, I, I was watching it very closely because obviously uh, I needed Yeah, that. I mean, I, I didn't notice that. I have to go back to look for that. Maybe, you know, maybe you should have, you know, started watching the game, you know, about 20 minutes before you did. So, you know, you can keep an eye on the starting. But. <laughs> yeah, because I was about to say, I, I came out of the game. I came out of the movie and I forgot. I forgot everything. It's like I like my whole sense of my past was just vanished in the yeah. race. Like I yeah. was starting. No, 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 no one knew who Adam Thielen was. Um, yeah. Crazy. But yeah. Uh, but back, getting back to, you know, so a couple of, so, you know, Justin Fields in general, um, the first three quarters, like it was brutal to watch that offense, you know, couldn't really move the ball much. Only player that was kind of helping him move the ball at the beginning was David Montgomery. And then um, later on, you know, in the middle of the fourth quarter, there was a couple of drives, you know, there was one drive where, you know, Justin Fields, I think it was after he got hit. It was actually, it was after that, after that play where he took a knee at like the, at the, at the bears own one yard line because he was about to get demolished and the ref didn't give him the, uh, the, the ref just looked at him and another, and a Vikings player just hit him. And then the ref, after Justin Fields pleaded, then the ref threw a flag um, it was that drive, and I think Fields was kind of, was kind of like you know fuck it mode, like you know I don't give a shit anymore. And he, he just he probably stopped listening to Matt Nagy and started calling his own plays because you know he was just getting a bunch of underneath stuff. He was getting receivers open. He was getting rid of the ball quick, throwing it deep, and you know that was the only time we saw the Bears actually move the ball decently. And you know it still didn't result in a touchdown. Um, you know we had I, I think we had two drives that ended in the red zone. And we took both drives to four downs, still couldn't get a touchdown. So, you know, lots of work on, um, yep. <laughs> uh, but all in all, I mean, all in all, it was a, it was just an abysmal game, abysmal Monday night game. I mean, you know, bears getting, I think, you know, NFL may need to review how many, uh, 
national games they give the Bears every year because I think the Bears had like six this year, and it, except for the except for the Steelers game, I don't think any of the games. Well, maybe the Lions game, but it's not really a national game. It's just a Thanksgiving game. Sure. But it, except for the Steelers game, like no game that the Bears were on in national TV was actually good. I mean, yeah, and the only other one which is ironic. And I don't understand why the NFL does this where like the bears were on Sunday night football, literally last weekend. Yeah. So they went from a Sunday night game to a Monday night game and that Sunday night game wasn't bad, but it was probably, yeah. I mean, it was a lot better than people it, were expecting it to yeah, be for well, three and a half quarters. It, it, it was, it was good for the first, it was good for the first three and a half quarters and then it just went shit. Right. And nobody was expecting that. And that's why you say like, yeah. okay, we can put that on prime time. And it's also bears Packers. Which I think yeah. everybody in the league is okay with seeing at least once a year. Yeah, on the which is fine. Stage. Yeah, right. Um, what's crazy about the game yesterday? Two things that I really wanted to point out that I thought were like coaching flaws. That one of them was for sure. But the the decent thing was that I mean it was the game and like the Bears were close. And if some, if Jimmy Graham didn't drop that touchdown, if um, Patrick Peterson didn't make some really good defensive plays, even on the play before that. And the other drive in the red zone, like you talked about in the bill, like the Bears were relatively close that entire game. I mean, it got early, but once they got into red zone territory, if they would have converted even a little bit, they could have made it a close game because they were kind of close right up until the end yeah. when they weren't. And so you got to give credit to the defense for that. I wouldn't even say Matt Nagy because I don't think any Bears fans want to give him credit for anything <laughs> because – the one thing I, I thought was a huge coaching blunder and one of them that effectively did prevent them from getting any points at all when they when it would have been a lot more valuable earlier in the game was um, the botched fourth down situation where Justin Fields mm -hmm. did the fake handoff in the opposite direction. Yeah. Then he takes a sack, da 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 And it's like, the play clock is at three. Just call a timeout, anybody. Right. I, I don't care who it is. Just call You have three right. of them left. You can use the other two if you call one here and get it right. You're, you're, I'm so happy you brought that up uh, because, like, um, you know, Matt Nagy has used timeouts for less. He's used timeouts on extra points before, you know. So, <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. even kidding. He's used no, a no, multiple, funny, yeah. multiple times this year. He's used a timeout after a touchdown in between the touchdown and the extra point. He's used a timeout. But in this crucial point, if, and and the, the reason why that happened was because David Montgomery uh, lost his helmet. So he was on the sidelines. They wanted to bring Montgomery in, but he lost his helmet. So he was looking for his helmet, and they couldn't wait. So they sent in Khalil Herbert. And the play was for David Montgomery or something, which is why Justin Fields was confused. And then they rushed to call the play. At right. that point, hey, Matt Nagy, like, okay, you have a rookie quarterback. He looks frazzled. Oh. Just call timeout. Just call time. And, and not only is he right, not only is he frazzled, but it's fourth down. I mean, I feel yeah. like most coaches in the NFL will call a timeout before or on fourth down, like at least like 30% of the time, just because it is fourth down, no matter what, yeah. right? And especially if you know you're gonna go for it. In that situation, the play clock is expiring. And I mean, I don't want I don't want to give Justin Fields like not any of the blame. It's something he'll learn though. He'll learn, hey, I can call a timeout in this situation. He'll learn, okay, how can I really throw the separation instead of you have it? Let me get it. There. How can I throw you open? That's another thing he's going to learn. He's also going to learn, like Kyler Murray is learning the last couple of weeks, maybe I shouldn't go back 15 yards to, to launch the ball. 
Maybe I yeah. should just throw the ball away and take the sack or get the incomplete pass. I mean, things like that, he's going to learn. But like you said, in the as a head coach, especially with a rookie quarterback, the one that you essentially bet your job on by moving up 10 spots in the draft to get him, put him in a position to succeed. That hasn't happened yet, you know? Mm. Um, and if he makes a mistake, it's fine. <clears throat> but people want to see him growing. That's what they're doing. They don't want to see him struggling, though. Yeah. At, you know, right. And uh, um, so not good. And so then, now uh, what happens? Yeah. yeah. Well, this week it's uh, Bears at Seattle. I mean, you got uh, the quarterback that the Bears were looking to get last year, Russell Wilson, which they couldn't get coming, you know, going, we're going to Seattle to play Russell Wilson. And kind of like, you know, Bears fans are probably looking at Russell Wilson thinking like, oh, you know, we wanted to see Justin Fields eventually turn into a quarterback like a Russell Wilson who can throw the deep ball, who can be very mobile, who can lead the team to wins. You know, that's what the Bears fans are probably looking at. What I'm looking at is just, you know, essentially the same thing I've been looking at for the past few weeks. I want to see Justin Fields evolve, you know, keep throwing, you know, keep making plays, keep doing things. Uh, see Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum hopefully back, you know, manning the, manning the, ta- the tackle spot. Uh, you know, give the ball to Montgomery. If you're not going to give it to Montgomery, then, you know, shut him down for the rest of the year and, you know, start Khalil Herbert. Figure out, you know, figure out what you're doing. I mean, hey, Allen Robinson, he was in COVID protocol, but you were eliminated from the playoffs. Just shut him down for the year. I don't need to see mm-hmm. Allen Robinson anymore. He doesn't want to play for the team anymore. Just shut him out. Give Daz Newsom more more reps. Let Darnell Mooney be the wide receiver one. You know, go sign a wide receiver who you think, you know, you were thinking we kind of wanted to get him. We're not sure. Well, go sign the guy. See if there's anything you could do at wide receiver. But, you know, Allen Robinson, he's not going to be back next year. Just go ahead and move on. Uh, in terms of defense, hey, Jalen Johnson, hopefully hopefully he'll be back. Uh, Graham, you know, start him at nickels. Start him at uh, CB2. You know, let him play the entire game. I want to see him matched up against, you know, DK Metcalf. I want to see him matched up against Tyler Lockett. I want to see the best we have going against a team that, you know, is normally a perennial playoff team. I know this year they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but, you know, I want to see our best go against their best and let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, it's funny you talk about the Seahawks might make the playoffs, might not make the playoffs this year, but they do have a playoff opponent coming up in literally like, what, 35 minutes? For, like, what is it, 55 minutes? You know, some 35 minutes. We do have now? Tuesday Night Football. I mean, yeah, we got to wrap this up soon. I mean, uh, we got uh, 35 minutes, yeah, 34 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so speaking of um, playoffs, we, we talk about fantasy playoffs. Playoffs, fantasy playoffs, uh, real fast. I will admit I, I, I made a mistake. I'm Obviously, I'm not happy about it. I didn't realize that Adam Thielen wasn't going to play in the game yesterday. I – was kind of sort of like debating even having him in my lineup, and I shouldn't have done that, especially because I had two Vikings receivers in my lineup. Which is, and which is very suspect. confusing. Suspect, yeah, very, for very sure. Confu- especially because one of the two wide receivers, Vikings wide receivers in your lineup was not Justin Jefferson. If you would have started Justin Jefferson to Adam Thielen, I could kind of understand. Yeah. But, you know, but it right, wasn't. And, yeah, And, and uh, especially Osborne, with DeAndre Hopkins not playing, when Christian Kirk on your bench. So, you know, so that, I, I will so, judge you. No, you can't. You can't. I mean, so I, I would just – not that I can really justify, but I'll say my reasoning was this. I didn't feel good about having two Vikings receivers in my lineup, although Osborne has been having 
okay games, especially with Thielen out. He has been doing okay. I mean, he did okay last night, too. He didn't do bad. Justin Jefferson is obviously a beast. And I don't even know. I think he was a second-round pick, something like first. that. He, first, he, he was, was a first-round first pick, but I think this. he was taking like 28. Yeah, so he was a late first-rounder. Um, that's, what, that's what gives me hope. You talk about the Falcons finding their next wide receiver. That's what gives me hope in that – they might be I mean, able they to fa- find they it. found Kelvin Ridley at 27, so Falcons could find a wide receiver very easily. Yeah, in like late, mid, late, early, you know, late uh, first, early second, whatever it comes down to for them. But I don't think it's a priority. It just there's got to be a guy out there anyway. So that's one thing. So now Osborne, I was like, okay, I'm okay with starting him if I have to, especially in the flex spot. I didn't want to put both of them in. My thing with Christian Kirk was okay. DeAndre Hopkins not playing. I know Kirk has been good with Hopkins out, but then you got to think, okay, well, people have not had to play Hopkins a couple of times this year. How did teams game plan against that? Let's go back and watch the tape for like week six through nine whenever Hopkins is out. And then Christian uh, Christian Kirk is now wide receiver one. So he's going to draw the opponent's best defender. He's going to draw all the attention for the team. Maybe he might not have a good game, especially because the last two games, Kyler Murray has been struggling too. It's why Arizona has lost their last two games. So I was like making a calculated guess, not an educated guess, but I was making a calculated risk. Didn't work in my favor. Um, and obviously, if I knew that Thielen wasn't going to play, I, again, I did read the reports. They say he's actually practicing Saturday. And I'm like, okay, well, the guy's practicing already. Should be fine. They're obviously gearing up for a playoff run. It's not like they were like out of, it's not like an Allen Robinson situation where this team isn't going anywhere. The Vikings, I mean, like we said, that game was a little bit closer than I think they probably wanted it to be, even though the Bears struggled yesterday. And if the Bears didn't struggle, they definitely would have wanted Allen Thielen in that game because it certainly would have helped them. So they thought, okay, if he's practicing, he knows he's got a big game coming up. And, Nabil, I mean, we talked about it last week. The guy has had 10 touchdowns this season. I I mean, if a guy has had 10 touchdowns this year, you got to think, like, okay, I got to hope that he plays. And if he does play, I just happen to be in the movie – I don't know if I don't – I got to change my notification settings because I didn't get a notification about that happening. Either way, not a good look, and I'm still up by five going into this Tuesday evening game. I'm, I got a green and white shirt on right here in the bill. I know you can see this. I got a green and white shirt on because fly, Eagles, fly, baby. I need a shutout from the Eagles tonight. Washington bringing their own bench to Philly. Let's make them take those benches back home. Let's keep uh, Gibson on the bench all game long. I don't want him to get hurt, but – I just don't want him to have a good game. Yeah, he has put up some guys. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, like, I guess that's your first prediction. Let's move on to actual predictions. And let's uh, go ahead and start off with um, Lions coming to town. Uh, And I just want to make a disclaimer. I don't think I've ever, ever, ever started an inactive player in the league before until last night. Not that it's excusable, but it's literally the first time it's ever happened because, Nabil, I'm with you. I – I, I'm not okay with that. And obviously I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it works out. I might have to cast a spell in reverse time if I can. But all right, Lions versus Atlanta. Atlanta minus three and a half at home to Bill. What's up? Did you want to say something else before you go there? No, no. I mean I can go to predictions. Um so I'll go ahead and I'll go I'll go first. Um and I'm gonna take the Lions, which is a weird, really weird statement to say. I'm going to take the Lions winning this game 24-21. 24-21 Lions. Man, it's like 
the Falcons just put up 13 points against like a, a good defense. I'm not saying that the Lions are a good team, but again, we we talked about they can compete with good teams. I, I don't even like. I feel very down about Atlanta right now, but I don't think that they're going to lose this Is that game. Why you're leaving? No, I mean, I unfortunately, for better or worse, I do love the Falcons with all my heart, even though sometimes I feel like they don't love me back. I, well, I think it's clear that they don't love me back. So that might be why I'm leaving. But I'm going to be a fan after I leave. And I think the Falcons are going to win this game on Sunday. Let's just say 1916. Okay. says that might kind of sort of be unique. I don't know. Bears at Seahawks. Seahawks minus seven. Um, I mean, shit, we don't even know what the Seahawks did this week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to predict that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Seahawks coming off of a very short week, you know, playing going from a Tuesday to a Sunday turnaround. It's going to be a very short week, holiday weekend as well. Um, even though all that's happening, Seattle is going to be at home, and I don't think it's going to be enough for the Bears enough for the Bears to overcome. I'm going to take Seattle winning thirty four. 20. 34-20. I mean, it, it would be foolish not to pick the Seahawks, but they've not been a good team this year. And they've also struggled to stop the run this year, which is something that Chicago has actually done pretty well so far. Mm. So I'm going to take the Bears in an upset here. I think wow. I think Justin Fields might get his second game-winning drive under his belt. And I'm going to take um, – I'm going to take Chicago 21-20. I think somehow mm. – it's going to work. The, the defense for Chicago has been good. They're good enough to get a stop at the end if that's what it comes down to. Um, and and uh, I think if the Seahawks win tonight, they're definitely going to lose on Sunday just because I think they're only going to win one of the next two games within like five days. So, you know, and then you got Bills and Patriots. I haven't seen what else is on the schedule for this week, but we got Bills and Patriots, New England minus two and a half. This was an interesting game that literally happened like two weeks ago. Yeah, it happened two weeks ago. Uh, it was that one was in Buffalo, and it was at inclement weather. Um, I was I that this, was my I was in Brooklyn that game, so we talked yeah. that week. Yeah, yeah. I think this weather is going to be more manageable. Uh, so you know, a better better game. I mean, you're looking at a New England team coming off a very disappointing loss to Indy. Um, I forget who Buffalo played last week, but I'm sure it was eventful. Um, who did Buffalo play this week? They played Carolina. Uh, and they won, right? Yeah, they won. And yeah. fun fact about Buffalo, they do play Atlanta their next game. So not after they play Atlanta after New England January second. So, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take New England. I mean, uh, I think New England's gonna try to bounce back, and they're looking to win this division. Uh, Buffalo coming off a win, New England coming off a loss. Belichick rarely loses two games in a row. Yeah, g- give me New England all day. I will take New England winning this game 32 to 28. So, that's so interesting that you say that in the bill because I think – I actually think it's going to be the opposite in which um, Buffalo is going to win this game. I don't want to say handedly, but – I mean, I would I would take Buffalo in this one, like I think thirty five to twenty four. Um, I think they're going to come out angry because they did lose to this team a couple weeks ago, and they only scored nine points against this team. And it's a division matchup. 
I think Buffalo is trying to get into position where they say, hey, we're one of the better teams in the AFC. We believe we are, even though the Chiefs have won seven in a row. You know, watch out. Um, so we got we to gotta get it together. We got to get it together real fast. And it must be the holidays because Bill Belichick is apologizing to the media for being a granddad. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I didn't I, – I saw a lot of things happening this season, including the Falcons probably not being a good team, but I did not see that happening right. from, from New England. For sure. Um, so, like I said, I'm going to take Buffalo in this one, 35-24. And um, the only thing – I wanted to call it Mizzou's playing a bowl game tomorrow. So, you know, Mizzou versus Army in the irrelevant bowl. I don't even know what you'd call oh, it. Who you got? Right, I, got I mean, I got to go with Mizzou, man. Even though cool. Tyler Bates – I'll take Army. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, they'll probably win, unfortunately. But I will say Tyler Beatty, who – Looks like he has NFL potential. Mizzou's running back right now. Uh, looks like he has NFL potential, so much so to the point where he's actually not going to play tomorrow. He's opting out of tomorrow's game smart. to get ready smart. for the drafting combine. Smart, I mean, smart move. And so you're not going to see the same Mizzou team that you've been seeing all year, the team that did beat Florida. You know, we'll see what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. But And then lastly, Nabil, I'll just say that I got a Christmas, Christmas present for you. Oh, sweet. I got two NFL games for you on Saturday, December 25th. Did you know that? There are two NFL games on Christmas that. Day. Yeah. So there's uh, – you got the Browns versus amazing. Packers. You got mm. Browns versus Packers at 430. If it doesn't get rescheduled, let's hope not. And then uh, you got Colts <laughs> versus Cardinals, which is, should be a good game, actually. Huh. Indy versus Colts Arizona. with the rare back-to-back Saturday game. That, I haven't seen that before. Yeah, right? And um, so we got two NFL games on Christmas Day. Which, hey, man, good luck to the NBA trying to compete with that. You know, fortunately, uh, the NBA's games, they got one at 1030. And then they got the Lakers game going at like 5 o'clock. So if you are going to try to compete with the NFL, the best thing you could do is put the Lakers on. I think it's against Oakland or um, Golden State. Golden State, I think. I'm about, well, I don't even know if I could pull it up quick enough. But I know the Lakers are playing at 530 on Christmas Day. And, um, yeah, so, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But you got two NFL games coming up, very exciting stuff. And it uh, should, be, should be a happy holiday to y'all. And it's Los Angeles versus Brooklyn Nets at 8 o'clock. And then you got the Warriors and the is Suns. Is L.A. or is it in Brooklyn? It's, it's in Los Angeles. We may, see the, uh, we may see the first Kyrie sighting of the year or the year he play. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, he's already out on protocol right now with Kevin Durant. So Ooh. it might be his first game of the year. Cause I don't think he's eligible to play until probably Saturday at this point. And, um, and hell you got Steph Curry and Aaron Rodgers on at the same time. I mean, to me, that's a, that's a recall button waiting to happen. You see mm-hmm. one, one deep throw here, one deep three over here, one deep three over here, one deep throw over here. Uh, Saturday should be a great day for us sports fans. I hope it's a happy holidays for you and yours. If you, you know, um, if you're celebrating at any point this weekend, please do it safely. Please do it responsibly. Hold the loved ones tight and um, don't be a Grinch, right? Sorry, love. There you go. Yeah. And in order to not be a Grinch, please follow us on Instagram at Bears Birds Brews. Mm-hmm. Also, please leave us a review because that would make our year. Thank you. Bye.